0: Please
1: bear with me. I want to reframe the outlook of these meditations. Here we go. The Bible teaches that humanity is important to the Creator. God witnesses human words and thoughts. That which we say to others, that which we think and speak about others, can please or displease God. He wants them to experience your love. The same thing is true about how we view and speak about ourselves. We are tasked with constructing an inner narrative which blesses God. This will help us relate to Him, ourselves, and others. Incidentally, this will be good for us. Incidentally, well, yes, I'm seeking to encourage us to develop a godly, holy inner narrative Pursuing a holy inner narrative falls under the category of seeking first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. Listen to this, Matthew 6, verse 33. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. This verse specifically refers to material provision, however, the principle holds. As we seek to honor our Lord in our meditations and words what we need for emotional and social health, will be added to us. The scriptures contain an enormous amount of instruction about what we say, to whom we should say it, and how we should speak. It is plainly taught that our speech to others is to be strategic. Our capacity to communicate is part of the image of God and should be wisely stewarded. Jeremiah 23 verse 29, it's written that God's word is like a hammer. And one of the earliest verses that was hammered home to me is Ephesians chapter 4 verse 29. Here it is in some of its context from the Lexham English Bible. No rotten word must proceed from your mouth, but only something good for the building up of the need, in order that it may give grace to those who hear. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. All bitterness and rage and wrath and clamor and abusive speech must be removed from you together with all wickedness. Become kind toward one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as also God in Christ has forgiven you. Ephesians 4 verses 29 through 32. This is a guide for purposeful interpersonal communications and relationships. It is also applicable to intentional personal communication and relationship. What is true of how we are called to relate to others in God's presence is a key to how we are called to relate to ourselves. We exist in his presence and his spirit is manifestly present in us. The Lord is pleased when our thoughts about others and the words we speak concerning them are loving and edifying. Here are two relevant questions. Is God pleased when our meditations and words about ourselves are loving? Does he want us to treat our own souls in a way that he forbids when we interact with others? This section from Ephesians 4 is a potent guide that has immediate relevance to our topic. Let's look it over take it apart, and apply it. Here is a quick overview. This selection of scripture begins with a prohibition, immediately leads into positive redirection, points the disciples to their relationship with the interactive spirit, and reminds them of their eschatological hope. Then it immediately reorients into another prohibition, which leads into positive exhortation, pointing the believers to the goodness of god in the messiah no rotten word must proceed from your mouth but only something good for the building up of the need in order that it may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the holy spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption all bitterness and rage and wrath and clamor and abusive speech must be removed from you together with all wickedness Become kind toward one another, compassionate, forgiving one another, just as also God in Christ has forgiven you. I want us to get the most we can out of these verses. To begin, let's ask, what is a rotten word? Rotten is a literal translation of the Greek sapros. Sapros means rotten or decayed. When I think of something that is dead and decomposing, I consider that at one time it was fully grown, ripe and ready for consumption. In this verse, Sapros was used to convey something that is harmful. It is the opposite of something good. Permit me to rely upon Reverend Obvious's reflection. Paul prohibited communication that was bad for the hearers and bad for the speaker. I believe that we will be held liable for speaking rotten words. The Messiah Jesus warned about speaking careless or idle words. But I tell you, the Lord said, but I tell you that every careless, every idle word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. Matthew 12 verse 36. This introduces another category of speech. Idle words are merely ineffective. They do not build, but they don't destroy either. The unwholesome words warned against in Ephesians 4 verse 29 are harmful. They tear down, they do not edify, they hurt, they do not heal. If worthless words are to be a criteria for judgment, how much more shall words that wound? This has relevance to the way we speak to ourselves. This provides a meaningful caution to the manner we think about ourselves. Our inner words need to be wholesome. They need to be good. Paul wrote that they need to be timely too. Do you know that some advice may be good in one circumstance and not in another? A parent may be encouraged to engage in tough love and end up breaking a child's spirit. Another child may need to know boundaries and the consequences of their actions. Here are a couple of thoughts. Do you remember when Israel was told to go and possess the land, and then they chickened out? There was a time limitation on that word. When they decided, based upon earlier direction, to go and try to conquer on their own, they suffered defeat. You find that story in Numbers 14, verses 39-45. through Their timing was way off, by about 40 years. They were acting upon a word that was once vibrant but was now a rotten word. It would have been a disaster if Abraham decided to follow through with the prior divine calling to sacrifice Isaac. There was a more immediate command he needed to heed. There was an earlier instruction from a previous visitation he needed to ignore. The preceding word was no longer relevant. We need to make certain that our words are appropriate and fitting the immediate need Telling a broken-hearted penitent to repent may have been relevant 20 minutes earlier. The same word can permanently break an already fractured soul or quench the hope of the grieved. Of the Messiah it is written, A bruised reed he will not break and a dimly burning wick he will not extinguish. Isaiah chapter 42, verse 3a Let's follow his example We are wise if we ascertain and ensure that our current meditations and self-talk fits the immediate need. What makes a word something good? Amongst other things, it is suitable for the immediate situation. Discerning the situation may be dependent upon the leading of the Holy Spirit, the clear instruction of the scriptures, and, in more extreme examples, the counsel of the believing community. This has relevance to how we speak to ourselves. Note, the fruit of our lips that outlived its ripe season might have rotten consequences if eaten beyond its due date. Consider yourself in the midst of your own circumstances. What is the true immediate need? Do you know? To understand that takes time spent in the scriptures and his presence. Please pray once again. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my
0: rock and my redeemer. Love and War is written and presented by David Harwood. Editing is by David and Sammy Avino, who is also the producer and technical advisor for the podcast. David is the pastor of Restoration Fellowship in Glencove, New York, and the author of the books God's True Love and For the Sake of the Fathers purchase copies of David's books. Please go to loveofgodproject.org. The theme song for this podcast is Skirmish from the album Combustion, which was written and performed by Leonard Jones. Additional episodes of Love and War can be downloaded on the Podbean app or through iTunes. For more information on Love and War, Restoration Fellowship, God's True Love, or for the sake of the fathers, Visit us on restorationfellowshipny.com, loveofgodproject.org, book.forthesakeofthefathers.com, the Sake of the or you can follow us on Facebook at Restoration Fellowship NY, Love of God Project, Love and War DH, and For the Sake of the Fathers. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email David at Love and War underscore DH at Yahoo.com. As always, please remember to share Love and War and support us by leaving a positive review on iTunes and Podbean.